0: Hey, welcome to Meyer Details. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And I'm Reed. Hey, we're back. It's been a week for you guys. It's been 10 minutes for us. Uh, Art, uh.
1: <laughs> it sounds like we're an Interstellar, basically. <laughs>
0: it, yeah, it's, it's space-time continuum. Now. Yeah,
2: except if Interstellar was just a movie about three guys who are overheated standing in front of an <laughs> air conditioning unit. In bed <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: If you missed last episode, check that out. And that kind of leads into this episode. Uh, we're here talking with Reed Schlegel, um, a industrial designer located in New York City, doing work for all kinds of fun clients. Uh, he works at a consultancy here, and we're picking up on his consultancy life.
2: Yeah. I think we left off talking about small firms. Yeah. Smaller firms, but... Uh,
0: and kind of and kind of your career at Smart. Mm-hmm. You switched from quirky to
1: smart, smart, smart design. Yeah, Smart Design was my dream job and a half when I got out of school and it all really happened because of this one, uh, at the time, creative director at Smart Design named Brooke Kennedy who was interviewing at Virginia Tech to become a new professor and they were looking for some people to go and volunteer to interview these new staff and I volunteered as one of the senior representatives and I met him and we talked about both being from New Jersey. One of the only times being from Jersey helped me in my oh, life, okay. probably. Because everyone loves to shit on my state. It's a do wonderful guys, place. Do you guys
0: uh, uh fill up your own car with gas? Or do they have people that do that for no, you? No,
1: what are we? Who does that? <laughs> I didn't know how to fill up a car with gas till I got to college. I, it's not even a lie. <laughs> you were did
2: you like hang out of the window of your car and you're like you going to help me with this?
1: <laughs> yeah, people in Virginia are like, yeah, you can, yeah. Help you
2: can. yourself. <laughs>
1: uh, I was going to use some profanity, but I restrained myself. Uh, but yeah, so I met Brooke. And then he basically said, if you're ever in New Jersey, let me know. And after that, I <clears throat> happened to win this thing called Student Merit Award. And then I was in the hallway afterwards. And he just was happened to be there interviewing. Me, and he goes, hey, I saw, I heard you won that award. That's cool. If you ever want to come see Smart Design, let me know. And then graduated, had the internship at Quirky, And then while I was there and I was staking out near Smart Design, I basically hit him up with that offer. And I went and saw the office and he laid it out flat and said, there's no full-time jobs, but I can give your resume to the intern coordinator. And turned into an internship, which turned into freelance, which turned into a full-time job eventually.
0: Oh, that's interesting because you went from full-time at Quirky. It was it was no. internship at Quirky. Oh, you were yeah. interning at Quirky, and mm-hmm. then another internship, and these are both post after you graduated. Okay.
1: Yeah, I did my first six months of my professional career, I guess post school, were internships.
0: Okay, that's good to know. I didn't do. I just went straight in. Yeah. Junior position.
1: I didn't have a full time salary job until a year after school.
0: Did you, James? Did you go? You went straight in after school, right, or did you have an internship?
1: No, I had an in, I had the internship at Quirky. Okay.
2: And then I got a junior designer position. At uh, lifetime brands. After that,
0: that's good to know. I think there was a question that came in about internships after school. Yeah, I mean, my 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 stance is I always, I always wanted to get a full time position after school, but maybe I know you didn't have an internship. But you had one internship in school, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you know, sometimes internship after school is okay.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it all comes back to what we were talking about in part one of our two parter, which was, you know. It's like that same idea of the kid at the, at the not so good design school. It's just, it's more about
0: perseverance, perseverance, Perseverance commitment, definitely.
1: I think internships after school are actually the most useful ones because when you're interning during school, you leave. And yeah. When you leave. They might love you, but the timing might not be right. And Ooh, that's right. Except for those Cincinnati brats. They're just <laughs> no. Oh, I'll see,
0: see you later. You <laughs> Joey, know, we love. We love.
2: They all just get guys. to play the we're field before they before they you know pay the dowry. I don't know.
1: Oh. What, whatever school you go to an internship after college is great because i mean the one thing that students never want to hear because it is the most it can be one of the most demoralizing experiences getting that first job but once you get it it's like there's enormous weights it's because then the first one is like you have to like get the rock to move but yeah. then after that they always roll into each other after right. that one i mean as long as you keep doing good work but um Basically, if you're there and they know you can do good work and you're like, I can start working on Monday, it's easier than, yeah, I'll be back in a year. Right. That's true. That's true. So I think if you can't, that's something I think too is like, hold out. When you get out of school, you have nothing to lose. You think like, oh my God, I'm 22. I'm so old. No, you're not. You're basically a child with like chest hair. So like, just give yourself some freedom to do what you want. And who cares if you have an internship because you still have so much time to figure out what you want to do. Like, Inspiring if you're... Words. That's good. That's what I would do. Like, I was like, I knew I wanted... I could have probably had a full-time job at Quirky, but I knew I wanted Smart, and I was like, an internship at my dream job or a good-paying job now, and I gambled the dice. Yeah. And honestly, the way I got the job at Smart, um, this is probably of a tall tale I've I, I basically bloated in my mind over the years, but it was... I had interned for three months, and then I freelance for about five or six and after that i basically got offered a full-time job at stanley blackendecker and they said we'll pay for your graduate school we'll pay you x amount of salary we'll do all this stuff but i would have had to move to a place i wasn't super hyped on baltimore no new britain connecticut connecticut Okay. and connecticut's a great place but i just wasn't i i I, near new york city i didn't really want to leave that vibe so i just wasn't really into it um, but it was a good job, and I wasn't gonna say no if I had nothing else to back it up, or place it with. So I basically asked for a meeting with my manager, um, the CEO, and someone else like an executive creative director. And in my mind, this is definitely not how it went down. I was definitely I was it was the scariest thing I'd ever done, <laughs> and probably still one of the scariest things up to now okay. in memory. Basically, I said. You guys know I love this place. And is I, that smart, right? Is that smart? And I was like, you know I love this place and I want to be here. At this point, you know what I'm capable of doing. But I really want to move out of my parents' house and I need a full-time job to do that. And I've been offered a full-time job at a place that's pretty good. And I basically need you to let me know by Friday. Wow, or else gave him an I'm not going to come in on Monday. Woo! It's a movie moment right there. And they waited until 5.59 on Friday to tell me, and I was literally having a mental breakdown. And they told me, and then all my, uh, my coworkers there, like, where it legitimately happened. Did they carry up.
2: you out on your on their shoulders? No, it wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> like, like winning a, a baseball game yeah.
1: Yeah. Was it Field of Dreams? What's the it's, one? Where does it happen in?
2: Oh gosh. It happens in like every I mean like Mighty Ducks, like oh, yeah. you know, that or, or, be, oh oh, you're tight the Sam I feel sand, like uh, sand Sandlot. lot or that something. It?
1: Oh man. No, but it was great. And that turned into a full time job. And then yeah, I was just there for a while designing a ton of stuff for OXO, which was really fun. But, Did you you said your spray mop was your favorite? That one was really fun because that one was one that they like, ugh, like, we've tried this, it didn't work, like, let's give it a stab and see what you can get. And I was working on it with my really good friend and now coworker with James, Heidi, mm-hmm. who was a great mechanical engineer, and we basically worked on this spray mop. And one thing that was really cool about Smart is that it's super unique for New York where they have a full shop, which students use your shop because once you get into the real world, you're gonna find out they're not very easy to come by and they're really expensive if you wanna rent one. So working at Smart was amazing because they had a full like full 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 shop metal yeah. plastic wood like vac mm. forming everything spray booth mm. right and they had shop technicians who worked there who were awesome shout out to Ron he was probably one of my favorite coworkers he's an awesome dude um I'll should bring him up later he inspired me to start my Instagram kind of it's oh cool. Kind of oh. kind of yeah. ooh teaser. yeah <laughs> bring him back later but um I'm but, tingling. <laughs> But when I was there, we made these. We would make full mechanical engineering working prototypes, like myself and the engineers I'd work with. So we'd always prototypes this spray mop, and we had all these different concepts, and we'd do real in homes, like bring people's houses, have them try it, have full design research sessions. Oh wow! Bring people in, have validation testing, and like keep doing more and more models and refining it and refining it until we finally got it to a factory and like had them build it. But at that point, we had engineered so much of it by hand and through three D printing and everything that. Um, like it was crazy back then. We'd literally sit there with a Dremel, and I would make all my own mechanisms and like glue them all together. And like, stuff would click and pop and move, and everything would do all the things it needed to do. Oh, yeah. And that I have not done since Smart Design. Okay. Smart is like a very special, unique place. Like, if you get the chance to work there, you should all go. It's awesome for a young designer, especially to learn a lot.
0: Just because of the, I guess, by the book or do you, or you, or like the research aspect of it. They, the prototyping aspect. What is it? What is it specifically
1: that? I think. I think the biggest thing about SMART is the fact that they will take risks on young students. It's really awesome. Oh, a lot okay. of places don't pay for visas for foreign students. A lot of places don't give full time jobs to kids right out of school because they can get someone who's two years out of school right. and give them basically the same position. And they, looking back, I was like, of course they gave me a job. I worked hard for it. But mm-hmm. now looking back as someone who hires people, I'm like, no, they really gave, did me a favor. Like, yeah. They really gave me some credit, and wow. I'm really okay. am gr- thankful for it and grateful for it now, but doing all that stuff was really great, and, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about Smart. It was a really fun place to work.
0: Awesome. And then, and then you uh, moved on.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason I moved on was basically... It was great, <laughs> it was, it was and was then I moved, and, and moved
2: well, on. Well, I mean, of course. Well, yeah, I mean... You're going to grow out of a place eventually. Right, and that's certainly... Mm-hmm. It's it's life, right?
1: Yeah. But the funny thing is, my first creative director is now my client at my new job. That's so we're working together again, which is yeah. really cool. But uh, basically, we or we I was working at Smart, and I was working on mostly Oxo products, which was great because got like fifteen products on the market in two years that's and good. like twenty five patents, something like crazy like that. Ooh, that's nice. So he's got a whole Utility bunch of stuff. Or both, I think. A mix okay, of both. Sweet. Um, the patents, to be honest, I didn't do a ton of work for. I kind of just had to sign a piece of paper. I would design the whole thing, and then OXO would go and patent the hell out of everything. Okay. And then I'd be like, you need to sign these five patents. i like, okay. And like, you're like, you are oh, now on this patent. That's how it is. How it is. Yeah. You don't actually have to do it. You no, just, I just sign the thing. I had to. They, they have to give you a dollar. Because they have to say they paid you for it, so every, they give you like a dollar.
0: I've signed like ten patents too. I never got the dollars though. I never got, got, okay. I never
1: okay. got them. Wow. It says it legally says you have to get a dollar to get. I'm cool
2: so upset right now. Inter- Inter- I only Inter- have something? one patent, and like, and you have my, one. My my parents, my parents were like, well, my dad who's who's an engineer, and you know, he was like, wow, that's you know that's a big deal, right. you know, <laughs> sitting in a room with collectively like forty patents. Just, there's, a there, I, there's like a difference between like
0: utility and design patents though it, mm-hmm. it can run the whatever yeah.
2: as as i said in my made up quote series patents don't matter patents dude, don't. Don't. it's <laughs> actually an honest quote though i well that's a whole
0: nother podcast we should <laughs> that's a whole other podcast we are unqualified to talk about but that's why we have this podcast
1: we are unqualified to talk about a lot. yeah dude just get mad at lifetime brands they shouldn't patent patenting the hell out of stuff and putting you on it i
2: know seriously <sighs> oh, okay whatever no, i'm not going back there
1: <sighs> <sighs> No another another day. No. I hope I don't hate
2: those words. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I, I, think maybe a, a good question is, what, what do you think that you learned at your first job that maybe you didn't expect coming out of college or? That's a good question, You know, definitely. like, because mm-hmm. because uh, I feel I feel like after school education, I mean education continued, yep. but it, oh, yeah. and I but I feel like skill sets kind of they progressed at, at a much more rapid pace mm-hmm. but I, i'm curious to hear your experience with smart design and how it differed from school and
1: yeah well i'm stu- i have if hector's listening i have not started my presentation for square one conference yet no. but i know what i'm doing and the topic i want to do is the soft skills of design like the stuff that you're never taught in school but the things that are arguably as important as being a good designer okay. like like I said before, not being a dick. Like right. There's a whole... You can talk about that for an hour on different things. But basically, one thing I was going to say is like, never show your clients an idea that you don't love just because <sighs> you think you want to show a lot of ideas. Because yes. I had my first yes. product ever I thought I needed. I thought I was being the best employee. I had five Sketchbook Pro rendered concepts. And two of the most was excited about one was okay, one was there, and then like, the last one was just like a filler concept, right? and they picked the filler concept. <gasps> and then I had to design it for not even joking like six months and do the and then like it didn't wow. even happen, and it was just the most miserable experience of my life, wow. and it was it was one of the the deepest, hardest lessons of like it doesn't matter about quantity, it's about having some good ideas and showing those things. that's
2: yeah, that's a quite a yeah. quite a trip, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. that's so amazing. I was thinking about it the other day, like we could live in such a, I was thinking about a bizarro world where essentially if you think about it, a lot of the products that are surrounding us are as a result of one person presenting an idea that somebody selects. Right. And it's all dependent on that situation. It is. It is. Say somebody else had presented their five concepts Mm -hmm. And then their crappy idea got selected, and it would be a Ever Everything in the world. I mean, it's, like there's the an works. alternate universe out there somewhere. With, I mean, because the universe is infinite, there are people, there are alternate universes. With that one idea, you were
0: pumped about, Reed.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that one got selected. That one got selected, <laughs> dude. dude.
1: That I, the idea that I wanted to do, I was so proud of that thing, and it was so awesome, and it could have been so cool. Did you con?
2: Did you ever consider just? not doing the one the client asked for or or doing both doing
1: that's the way you have to do it you can't you even if the client is saying was nine thing you have to do it but there's no one saying you can't go and stay late one night and do the concept you really want right. yeah but it's sometimes hard to get yourself to do that but i mean if you're a passionate designer you'll do it yeah mm-hmm.
2: Or, or, or sometimes you don't. <laughs> or if you're just
1: fast. I think that's the biggest thing I learned from school to working is I think um, students have asked me before, like if you can go back in school and change your experience, what would you change? And I would love to be a professor and put everyone's stuff in one room. And then lock the studio from eight pm to eight am, so they're forced to work within a work hours. Oh
0: no, no, that sounds like a oh, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm because so
1: many <laughs> students just go and work, 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 but they're like half ass working and like oh. watching tea, and like they're like, oh, but I stay here all the time, I'm, like yeah, but you're. Being 10 percent efficient the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you're watching Netflix mean, for an hour and then sketching for. 10 meanwhile,
2: minutes. let me bring up somebody from school that we know and love, Jason Cusack. He would be out. He'd be out running all over the place, like you know, he was he was actually on the track team, and he would come oh, he's literally in. Running. He was. He was almost in the Olympics. He was the yeah. total. He was total dark horse. Every single presentation, you just be like, where were you all semester? And how is this project so amazing? Okay,
1: well, you just blew up my spot because you told me to bring a shout out for the day. Oh, and I was gonna do JT Cusack. Yeah, he's so he was in my freshman studio with Sal, so he'll know who Sal is. And it was the same thing; like he just wouldn't be there at all, and he'd come in and just be like, and he wouldn't talk and just be like, it was like beautiful shit. And like now he's posting all these amazing woodworking and ceramic things he's doing, and I'm just like. Jesus Christ, still doing it. I asked him once and,
2: and he said that it wasn't this way, but I feel like if you're running all the time, he, like he had to have just been working through these ideas in his mind and just knew how to perfectly execute them once he got to studio. But he just, good. meticulous craftsman, wow. he was like the best, he showed us all how to use the plotter properly. Mm-hmm. Like the plotter printer, because oh, yeah, a- he once printed like, he did, he did things that we all thought were impossible. I remember one time he printed an entire plotter sheet, you know, huge, right. huge poster board, black with white text and white lines.
0: <gasps> so much ink.
2: Oh, it was so much ink, but it was so good.
0: It was so good. Here, here's a quick, I would do the same thing, but I would print a specific color and use that plotter paper as my backdrop for... My photo shoots. Yeah. So instead of buying that $15 poster board that you bought on last mm-hmm. episode for the watering cans, I would just print it out for free at the school.
1: Everyone did that. I always, I would like go in and you could unlock it, like, <laughs> pull it out and just tear it. Yeah. And then the next person like going to print their post would be so excited, the top would be all jagged oh, up. No. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, sucks to suck. suck. Mm. But,
2: um, so so you moved on from smart. When What was, I mean, was there a moment do you remember? there being a moment where you were like, this is my time to move on.
1: Yeah, I want to hear that transition. Um, Yeah, it was basically, I was only working on OXO projects, which were all really fun, but after a while I kind of felt like I was learning a lot of what I thought. I mean, at the time I was definitely an arrogant, like right out of school designer being like, I know what I need to know. And looking back, I definitely could have learned a lot more. But at that point in time, I was just getting a little tired of only working on that and seeing everyone else in the office working other clients and coincidentally frog emailed me like it was a recruiter saying hey we are looking for a mid-level designer would you oh, want wow. to do this oh for, but for freelance and i basically said thank you so much but i can't quit my full-time job for freelance but can i still come an interview so you know who i am anyway at this point had you started the instagram um at that point i had just i've been into it but for like six months okay and how did they find you Specific, she just, I don't even know. She just She's me one day. One day. Of, yeah. yeah that, I feel me.
2: like smart design because, because my, my wife, uh, she works in PR and she worked at a big PR agency, Yeah, like a really good name, Ogilvy and Mather, mm-hmm. and she would get recruitment emails all the time. And, and I feel like a, a place like smart design, I mean, you are, it's like. It's like going to an Ivy League school, you know,
1: you it, get, uh, definitely, that way. makes sense to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, just, they emailed me and then I went over with no intention other than just let them know who I am in case. Cause I mean, there was smart and frog and Ideo, and I'd always been like, Oh f- shit, frog. I want to go work at frog. Right. And I went over and they're like, thank you so much for this interview um, we'll let you know if anything comes up and then that was on like a Wednesday and then that Friday like hey, we changed your mind Would you start full-time Monday? What? And then I just said uh, I need two weeks But yeah, and I gave my two weeks notice that Friday and then oh. two weeks later I went over worked at Frog And then I stayed there for three and a half years wow. and then in the last year quit and then started my new job Okay you're
2: fast forwarding. Yeah, yeah, we we skipped over in three years. One step
1: at a time. <laughs> I want to know about frog.
2: Okay, I can talk about that.
1: Yeah, well, t- tell us about what you liked about it and like. Yeah. I know you did the physics. It's called the physics project. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Um, well, first thing I need to say is I need you guys. How much? What's your day rate? Because I need someone to follow around and keep me on task. Like I always talk about stuff and I'm like, but let's get back to the topic.
2: <laughs> I feel you need like an assistant
1: just to be like, hey, get back to the topic. Get back to the topic. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I think you could hire like an intern for that. I should. You don't know I, I heard you can get <laughs> designers for free. Come out and hang you out. You can. It's you possible. Can. Okay. You definitely could leverage that. Yeah, day. I
2: feel like you could probably find an unpaid yeah intern. I don't know. No,
0: pay them a little bit.
1: Oh, I would always pay an intern like at least minimal. Yeah, I need to get paid. But okay, that's a different topic. Okay, so Frog, <laughs> Frog was awesome because it really Frog was a different. Beast, then Smart. Okay. Where Smart had three studios when I was there, but they had just cl- a week after I left, they closed the San Francisco studio, which was a big shock to everybody. Right. Is that
2: because you left?
1: <laughs> Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. Um, but then they opened. You no lost for
0: each angle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they. Shut
0: down. Shut down. Emergency.
1: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> they had to turn two keys at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh, God. No, everyone in SF didn't even know who I was at that point. At that point in time, I was trying so hard to get a full-time job. I was emailing everyone in the smart SF studio. i have be like, hey, can I come do another internship there for you guys and this? And I remember them specifically being like, nope. And like, it didn't even matter. I worked there. It was like, didn't give two shits. So wow. I was like, it was so hard. Wow. Yeah, it was a little bit to more. I still remember who that person was, so I know who you are. But um, <laughs> don't burn bridges. Wait, wait, wait.
2: So... Uh, in- you talked about that you started your your Instagram oh, yeah. a year before going to Frog, and you had mentioned the shop guy. Okay. Uh, how does that all connect?
1: So basically at Smart, they split the office up into three groups. The Narwhals, the Slim Fridays, and the Turduckens, which was just a fun way to split the office up for anyone who is below creative director level to so meet once a week and basically just do fun things. Like we did trapeze school on the Hudson River one time, or the yeah, Hudson oh, River. Cool. We did the Intrepid, we did a graffiti tour. My mom came in, and my mom's a calligrapher, um, so she came in and gave a calligraphy workshop. Um, we had a, what's it called, improv teacher come in one time and teach us how to improv for public speaking abilities and everything like that. And it was really fun to so do all that stuff. But basically, I saw this guy, Ron, who used to work for Marvel, and he was the guy who ran the shop, and he would make these amazing cura covered with Bondo superhero masks. That he would animate, like they would push a button and Iron Man's helmet would open, the lights would go on, and it would like, and it looks perfect, like perfect to the movie. Wow. Except you put it on, it felt like you were breathing cancer, because it was like Bondo. (laughs) It was like Bondo on Bondo. It was like, oh my god, like I felt lightheaded wearing this helmet. Yeah. But it was amazing, and I saw that. And then there was another industrial designer named Jacob Palmborg who was making these split bamboo fly fishing poles out of his apartment. And the way he described it was like, there's like 50 people left on the planet who still know how to do this because carbon fiber came around and just destroyed that market. And he literally would take a piece of bamboo, fire it in Brooklyn somewhere, and then go in his apartment with a plane and a jig and like a 15-foot fly fishing pole, go from like a centimeter down to like a quarter of a millimeter over 15 feet what? as an octagon. So all the pieces fit together to octagon, and then he would wrap it in silk thread of the whole thing, and it was just like, blew my mind how, it was like a piece of artwork, right. and now he sells them all for, um, if he listens, Correct me wrong, I'm. pretty sure like well over ten thousand dollars a piece. Wow! But they also take him like a month or two to make okay. each one, and that's his side job. He's actually an industrial designer who's a badass. Yeah, okay. But I saw these guys doing these things, and I realized all of my creative energy was just going towards my clients, and I was doing nothing creative for myself. And I remembered back in college, Jeff Smith had come to tech, and he showed us how to draw on purple and green Canson paper and shout out to jeff. jeff smith yeah shout jeff out. smith
2: came to virginia tech and blew my mind he i've never seen someone freehand mm-hmm. like as precisely as jeff smith is he gonna be at square one he's gonna be at square one come oh, square yeah. one well all yeah be. Mm-hmm. but uh sorry blew i reminded you
1: no but he was like i remembered that and i remember thinking um yeah those are colors are little garish for me not my style but what else can i do and i went and they had tan and gray and i remember thinking gray's a little drab i'm gonna go with tan and i just kind of like picked it up and just did it that's where it started yeah and then i just i posed that night i went home to my childhood bedroom in new jersey because that's where i was still living at the time so i was still an intern okay and i did a sketch of some backpacks and then I put it on Instagram, just like, I don't even remember what made me do it. Because at that point in time, like, no one's using Instagram as a portfolio. And yeah. it was all borders with terrible filters and pictures of your feet at the beach and breakfast. Now and I like, that. it was like OG Instagram where everyone, it's like when a kid gets a camera and they're like, I'll take a picture of my dog because yeah. they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I just put it up. And at that point, I'd never even broken 10 likes on something. Is that still on It's there. Instagram? You can okay. go all the way to the bottom and find oh, well. the first one. Okay. And it was from like 2013 or something like that. Okay. So, I guess it was five years ago then, and I got like a hundred and something likes overnight, and I was like, holy crap, I guess this works, and I just... It got a hundred likes? I think in like a day. It was something crazy, and I just was like, oh shit, this is encouraging, and then it it just made me want to keep practicing, and I think that's why my page got decently successful is because it's always been, honestly, I just used it as practice, and it was like super honest, and in the beginning... Just was posting stuff to learn because there was a style I'd never done before. So I was literally learning as I was posting right Was there anybody doing? Industrial design Instagram at that time Spencer Nugent and Scott Robertson were on there And I think those were honestly the only two other than wow And I wouldn't even say I was doing it at that point I didn't realize it was something useful until like maybe nine months later And then yeah. I was like, oh this actually has potential and I remember specifically being at smart design and Heidi was there who is a mechanical engineer I think I mentioned her in the last section of this Yeah. saying why do you do Instagram and I just said I don't know but I have a really good feeling about I just feel like it's going to be useful at some point point. Wow. and then it just ended up blowing up and everyone started using it so it was honestly just like a complete coincidence that the whole thing happened
0: interesting that's awesome
1: huh and yeah that was a while ago now and then it took a year to get a thousand people by year two I had two thousand people it took you a year to get a thousand followers yeah well, back then, like, were you posting every day?
0: Like, what was your? I mean, we kind of. Sk- we're maybe we'll take a quick second to talk about your. Instagram. Oh yeah,
1: I forgot. We kind of moved topics. No, it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, want to hear about the Instagram. Yeah, it took a little for, while. For yeah, sure. year one was a thousand. Year two was two thousand. Then year three was five thousand. Then year four was like twenty-five thousand. And then year five was one hundred and thirty-four thousand. It's like it, it's wow. exponential for sure. It's a huge it's exponential, exponential curve for sure. Yeah, like I remember hitting 75,000 and then like four months later 100,000 then like three months later 125,000 and then how often
0: were you posting though? That's the real question. I think
1: um, Something I've learned is I don't think that matters very much. It matters right in the beginning But after a while I always used to I used I, I can get obsessive over things and I got super obsessive over Instagram for a while and I just posted all the time I think the most I would do is like five or six days a week. Okay, um, In the beginning, you have to to kind of remind people you exist. Right. But after a while, I realized I would be like, oh, my God, if I don't post, people are going to think I'm dead or like (laughs) they're going to not follow me or something. And then I realized like now I post like once or twice a week. And okay, I mean, it always fluctuates. Like I probably lose like 200 followers and then gain. It's like it's such when you get a lot of followers, it fluctuates so much. You might look and it's like you lost 400 followers today. And it's like, okay, whatever. This is how it goes. Yeah. But and you were I mean,
2: this was back in the day when it was all sequential
1: yeah, you right. couldn't do anything other than just your gallery. That's all they had was that. And everything you put there, like unless you deleted it, it was like the internet doesn't forget. It's like it's always there somewhere. Yeah. And that's something I always live by was I never take Instagram posts down. Cause I feel like it's you shouldn't be ashamed by your stuff improving or being worse back in the There's a few I've archived. Yeah. Like maybe five. But the ones that I did that were super early of like me taking a picture of my breakfast or something like that. if you go to like the first if you no, go to the bottom day. of it you need to put it back put that we breakfast need to know need that
2: people need to know what you there eat there is for one breakfast. my I first
1: photo it. is me having taylor ham if you're from new jersey you know what that is pork roll okay. and that's the first that's the first one it's still there my i'll
0: tell you my first instagram posts were me putting filters on pictures only because i wanted the filter i didn't care about the actual social media I was just like, "Ooh, you can put cool filters on pictures." So it's like me taking pictures of like my my furniture and things like that. Yeah. And, and then you then, posted them. No, no, I saved them. Uh, I okay. saved them to my camera, I and not post them to Facebook.
2: Let me, <laughs> so, well, but they're still up there, you can go check them out. When I started, when I started I draw on receipts, I got reached out to by a bunch of uh, other cards? kids, oh, okay. Uh, asking me to draw their portraits. That was, like, what? this this was, like, the very beginning. And I was, like, I was intentionally creating this Instagram as, like, a place to do whatever I wanted. Right. And then these people started, like, I got so many requests to draw people's faces. And so I drew a couple. And then I was, like, "Uh uh-uh, not doing this anymore. I don't want to do this. And just, like... Like went back to drawing whatever I wanted I to. Do. I
0: even know you could draw a face. I can barely draw a person. Oh,
2: I mean, every once in a while, I can, I can like that was back in the day when I was drawing. I was obsessed with like caricatures for a little bit. Okay, but but uh but that that's uh that's an aside. Okay, but it was very weird. I was like, where are all these people coming from? And and that like I I think one person would see another person's like sketch of their face and they'd be like, oh, I. I want one too. It was it was very weird. Instagram in the early days was was strange. Yeah.
1: I had a girl draw a full out pencil portrait of my face one time on Instagram and then she tagged me in it and then I, I didn't even say anything mean. I said like, Oh, that's cool, nice job and then it vanished. Like she took it down really? and then like so if you're out there, I don't know who you were and I'll, I didn't send it in, we'll put it on the uh details she, podcast.com. If I offended you, I don't know what I did, but Oh, no, sure She questioned sure, everything. I'm pretty sure she was from Iran. Surprisingly, my number one city is Tehran. That's where most of my, like, the, oh. the biggest city is from Iran. Yeah. Interesting. Middle East huh. is hungry for some design content.
0: <laughs> it's true. I, they are.
1: I think they're in that Renaissance era of design. Yeah, I get they're,
0: tons of Middle Eastern people talking to me because, on Instagram. Because they've been in this ornate era for so long, and I think they're just starting to wake up to the realization that, oh, there's other side of living this minimal clean aesthetic, right? Hmm. That's my know. that's my Western opinion.
1: Yeah, I I <laughs> I that time. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, that's, okay. That's so crazy. So Instagram yeah. kind of rolled into something. It has. It has. And, and I mean,
2: were you getting? Uh, you said you said it took a little bit of time, but were you getting people asking for, you know, for you to do work for them and.
1: After a while, yeah. I mean, something I learned is you can kind of make yourself whatever you want to be with social media. Like I made myself into a teacher, basically. By I went and did a few free workshops, and then after a while, realized these are really fun. I really like these, and then I just kept doing them, and then that snowballed into lots of workshops, and then they started paying for me to go to these workshops, and then I started teaching at Parsons, and. I've always secretly wanted to be an architect without being an architect because I actually want to make money, but um, sorry. I love you architects. Most of my friends are architects, but I know we've had some beef arguments about things on like that, I mean, but at the same time, I, I think, secretly want to be you. So it's like a weird love-hate relationship. I think your architect friends are jealous. I don't know. I love my architecture friends. They're all great. But basically I started posting architecture stuff just so that way I could start gaining some credibility on it. And now I get... Low, like very low end architecture, like inspirational things. Right. I could never, I'm not an architect. I would never say I am, but I can give you concepts of what a building could be and then yeah. an architect can make it. Right. My dream job is to be like Philippe Stark or someone who designs buildings, but has an architect sign off on them for him. Exactly. That's, that's what I want to do. Exactly.
0: And that's how a lot of those bigger name designers Yeah. Work.
2: Frank Gehry doesn't have an architectural license. Yeah. It's just like they just what? have, they have, no. the, they have the vision. Yeah. You know? Damn, Frank Gehry. I mean, the the amount of stuff that he's accomplished with not having an architectural license. I mean, they they had to build software just to make his buildings, and he's just like scribbling on paper, and he's like, <laughs> no, he's crumpling up paper. Oh, oh yeah, crum- yeah, 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 yeah. He crumples up paper and
0: says it's a building. I know,
2: it's crazy. I don't <laughs> like his work though. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I don't think Frank Gehry's a I, mean, I that one building in New York drives me nuts because it looks like a building that's been through an earthquake. Which one? Which which one is in the, Lower Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. What I does, does it, know, it look like? It's it looks like a it's like rip it's like rippling like I it's like, like a, a skyscraper with like ripples okay. in it. But it's like it's, a waterfall almost. I, I just it looks like a building that's about to come down during an earthquake, and I just I, it's so unsettling to me. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the the Bill um, the Guggenheim in Bilbao, and I was like. The building is is grabbing more attention than the artwork, and I feel like that should be the other way around. Mm.
0: But anyway. well, the Guggenheim is it's kind of like that by Frank Lloyd Wright.
2: Right. Is it a different? Guggenheim? That is Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> okay,
0: we're we're just okay. Yeah.
2: Good. Life corrections. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so, but Instagram didn't necessarily have anything to do with your with your move to Frog or their finding you.
1: No, nope, I don't think so.
2: But what about Arleiden? I mean, not to skip ahead, but I'm mm-hmm. but I'm interested.
1: Uh, I think it helped a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all became aware of each other more because of Instagram. Right. And I mean, it definitely helped me get interested in Arleiden because I found their work a lot more. Yeah. It's not, like people don't visit websites very often, so scroll through your feed and see some new stuff, and you're like, oh wow, this is a new cool hot firm. I want to go work with them. So yeah. It help me out that way. Uh, I think also something that. Um, I've learned, helped out, like when I worked at Frog, I did an entire audit of Frog's Instagram page, and what was working, what wasn't working, how, what things were getting what, and I gave oh, a good. whole presentation to like the head of marketing and everything. That's awesome. And they didn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that as an intern at my very first,
0: uh, actually it was my second internship, my first design, industrial design internship. I worked for this small design firm in Charlotte, North Carolina called Inventus,
2: uh-huh. they
0: had this horrible website this <laughs> was back in what 2012 or something
2: yeah
0: and and I was like you guys you need to have a great website to present your products and they're like yeah you know it's something we've been thinking about blah 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 they kind of you know I'm an intern who cares right and so I decided yeah well, right 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 exactly right <laughs> and uh, I decided well I'm gonna make a website for you guys and I have no idea how to code but I just like photoshopped the what the website should look like and then you know i graduated and like a year later i checked back and they had changed the website to be my design really <laughs> but now it's outdated cuz i designed it back in 2013 and, and the website yeah, games papyrus font and uh <laughs> and <comic> sans, <laughs> right civetones right. awesome. it was it was
2: it was balling at the time but now it's <laughs> defunct oh man but uh, uh, there was a there was a question oh you mentioned Benjamin Hubert and wanted to have a conversation with him. Were there any unexpected, like back and forths that you had with maybe somebody that you really admired in design, or mm-hmm. you know, through your Instagram?
1: Yves Behar messaged me once. That was cool. Really? really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I had sketched one of his watches for Movado. Okay. And then that was fun because now Movado, for some reason, like we talk a lot on there. And, okay. Like, whenever they get new watches, like, hey, you want to sketch this thing? And, yeah. And like, maybe. I should start um, sketching watches. Yeah, watches are cool. I I don't know. Watches, it's a whole design subculture with yeah, watches. Yeah, like, um, but he basically said, hey, um, if you ever want to, you should, you should see, like, their original sketch. And I was like, yeah. Would you? And he's, like, he's like, maybe I'll send it. And I was like, oh, it'd be amazing. And then he never answered me back. Oh, yeah, okay. But like, so it, it went nowhere. But it was cool that he even just reached out. Yeah, like, I kind that's of, awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that one was pretty sweet. Who um, Who else? Was there? James messaged you. He's pretty cool. James, I knew James already though. I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> over
0: it. He's um, so, he
2: tells me, he reminds me every day. I'll it. tell
0: you this: You guys went to school together, right? Yeah. Obviously, uh, we talked about that on the last podcast. Check it out if you haven't. Um, I I didn't go to school with you guys. James and I became friends over Instagram, and then Reed. You're obviously at the top, the king, and. <laughs> This again, this again. His <laughs>
2: Majesty.
0: And so I, when I, when I decided to transition to New York City, after living in Texas and designing there for a few years, I decided to message you. You're a frog at Fro- we, this time. What did we talk about? I don't think I really talked about anything. I just put the idea out there. I was, I was like, hey man, I'm moving to New York City. I know we're internet acquaintances, is how I put it, and just wanted to float that by you and let you know if there's or you know any opportunities and
1: connect that way. Nothing ever happened, but...
0: Well, actually, stuff did happen. It's We're here right true. now.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm saying something that I feel like I'm not going to... I'm going to regret saying. Okay. But it's because... Because I feel like people are going to message me now, so I don't know. But if, if you if you message me vague stuff on Instagram... Yeah. I don't ever care about it. Oh. But if you say something like, hey, do you want to get a beer? I'll usually be like, yeah, I got time on Tuesday. I Like, it depends.
0: I, am, I understand that as well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've started to get a lot of these messages, too. And for me, if someone wants to meet up and get coffee or meet up and get a drink, mm-hmm. it's just more brain power that I had to think and schedule. If you just say like, hey, I'll be right next to your studio or your house at this time. If you're there, come and meet me and I'll get
1: a drink with you. Agreed. Like, yeah, I'm down. I'm I remember still. I did one of these. I did an instant meetup. Yeah. Because that used to be a thing. People did them. I guess they probably still are. They still do. I think. But I don't know. Could think... you?
2: Wait. Could you imagine? Do you know we, what ins- instant meetup is? If we I haven't had one. Okay. Okay, but I you, meet up with you all time. Could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we collectively put out an instant meetup?
1: Can all, we all somehow famous. break into the bottom floor of the Flatiron Building where they have all the glass and do it like we're doing the news and then have everyone show up? I <laughs> think
2: we could. We could pull enough. Fo- we could. We could pull. You mean people. do a live podcast in the front of the Flatiron Building, like Regis
1: and Kelly, or whoever the hell has it. <laughs> <or> like whatever <laughs> no, awful no, dribble no, Regis, morning Regis news. Retired.
2: Yeah, Regis died. is long gone. It's Kelly and whoever now.
1: Oh, Kelly and Michael Straham, right? Yeah. Well, he retired too. Fuck. Who else it's, is on it's, there? It's, 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 I didn't it's know a, you were
2: such a fan.
0: My mom's a fan. She. Uh, loves uh, just she keeps you updated. Regis and,
1: or actually Kelly. I, oh, it's Ryan Seacrest now. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah. it
2: is Anyways, we we derailed <laughs> We derailed a bit. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So Frog Design, I I think we should.
1: Uh, should we wrap that part? Of my left. Should up? We,
2: we? should. Uh, we should cover the experience of Frog Design. Okay. So yeah. If, just tell us it's like your favorite project. Here. I mean, yeah. Or you know, how did it differ? How did it? How did it move you forward?
1: Yeah, Frog scared the shit out of me when I went there because it was such a bigger company. They had, I think it was like 12 studios at that point in time, like 600 and something employees. And the ID team was much different than what I was used to. Like when I was there, I went to Frog to learn how to expand out of just traditional industrial design. Smart taught me how to be a hardcore traditional industrial designer. Like real research, real prototyping, building, getting stuff to ma- like market manufacturing classic yeah right. like what you like what you think of industrial design as like in the 90s or eight like exactly. the early thousands like right. and that stuff still exists but it says frog was different and basically when i went to frog it was a lot more of strategy larger vision projects blue sky things where should our company be going and a lot of products were complete theoretical or conceptual um, which is why I only had one product come out in three and a half years while I was there. Okay, wow. Because everything else, I did probably like 30 projects in that amount of time, but they're all in some CEO's folder that I can never share. Wow. There's one, there's a few projects. There's one in particular. I've had the Behance thing ready for two and a half years and I'm just waiting to click the button. It's like literally on it, like in the edit mode. <laughs> can you log Can you log in right now? I want to check it out. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, I can't, I'll just just kill you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Offline. Oh, Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so, but basically, uh, all those projects are really fun, and the biggest thing I got from Frog was learning how to present in front of people, how to do public speaking, how to think beyond just being a designer, and how to speak about your work, because after a while, I was the person presenting my work to really high-up people at these big companies that don't know design, so how to speak and carry yourself, and then also how to travel. I didn't really travel much before I went to Frog. I'd been to maybe, like, three or four countries. And on Frog's dime, I went to 11 countries wow. around the world, I think, which was really fun. Like, my last day at Frog was in Tokyo. I, pre- I presented my final project in Tokyo, and then I flew home first class that night. <laughs> and that was... Oh, no, business class, which you, was awesome. sorry. Everyone's got to do it once. <laughs> do you have... Um... Do you
2: have any tips so I, I I'm speaking about myself here I feel like as I've left school I've become less and less confident in my ability to talk about my work in front of people that's why we don't a know design teams, so you can figure oh out yeah it, it is an exercise in that honestly and I'm wondering if you have any sort of Tips for people mm-hmm. talking to non-designers yeah. about design because sometimes Ooh, it can feel like that is a good. It can feel like you're talking gibberish. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about forms and
1: whatever. Yeah, just do what I do. Just black out for a few minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and then just be like, "What did I say?" What, what came <laughs> up? No, I'm. I used to pole vault all the time, and like it, I kind of feel like I would close my eyes, which you're not supposed to do. Like I don't ever remember pole vaulting over the bar, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that when I talk about design. Like, wow! I don't know, because I honestly feel like at this point it's such second nature talking about it that I actually surprise myself with the things. I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Like I didn't even know that was in there. Like where'd that come from? Well, you're gonna listen to this back and be like, oh, dang it! I was <laughs>
0: saying the wrong thing. Oh
1: my god! Like I've been so obsessed with being a good public speaker since student merit award in college and one thing <clears throat> my mom always told me was don't upspeak. and I thought I was being so good at it and not up speaking and talking like this and I heard myself talking one time I was like god damn it I'm upspeaking and <laughs> you think you're good at something and you hear it back it's like seeing yourself naked it's you like know, oh god I, I constantly am
0: trying to like realize what I'm talking about And because I edit the podcast so I'm always listening back
2: to my words and I'm just like oh damn right I oh, nice. sometimes feel like I'm better at the Q&A than I am at the presentation. Mm-hmm. Like, once it comes down to, like, defending the work, then I'm, then I'm yeah. in, like, yeah. I don't know, pitbull mode, but not the rapper, the dog. I feel but- like, <laughs>
1: but in all, in all reality, like, the blackout thing, I'm I'm joking, like, sometimes it happens that way, where, like, it's not, like, fully blacking out, it's more of just, like things come out that I didn't realize were there. I think that a lot goes back to what you said, James, but intuition. All of a sudden, you mm-hmm. kind of, you just build up a vernacular after a while, and yeah. you kind of know... It's not like you're spouting bullshit, like the people who love using acronyms for everything. Um, but basically, talking to design, to non-designers, I feel like the biggest thing should be the images you put on the screen for your presentation. Mm. It should, you should have very clear, precise images that do most of the talking, right. and then you're only filling in the gaps and you're there to guide them through and answer their questions. Mm-hmm. So it's basically that, but then the biggest thing I learned at Frog was story, like how to tell a story, and what, wh- basically why should someone give money for this is the number one thing you need to know. It's like telling, having another designer love it is great, and you'll get the respect, and you'll get on Les and everything. Right. But having someone want to drop a million dollars to cut tools for it is a very different thing. That's a, definitely. mm -hmm. So you need to, you need, that's why I learned a frog is how to wear different hats. I learned how to wear the business development hat, wear the strategist hat, wear the graphic designer hat, wear like the CEO hat, like minimally, that's from being around them. And that's something I think if you're an intern, to me it's really good you should do, is just ask to be the person who even just like, cleans off the dry erase board after a meeting but sit in and listen on these meetings just Mm. so you can see how upper executive people speak to each other. That's a good tip. That's a
0: good
2: tip for sure. But are there any were there any like words of wisdom that you got that like stuck with you at Frog in developing these skills?
1: Um, Words of wisdom. I think the biggest thing I learned at Frog with those skills is basically don't The reason I learned those things is because I wasn't afraid to not be the most knowledgeable person in the room. Right. Where as an industrial designer at Frog, you have to be okay with pretty much really bending the rules of what industrial design is. Yeah. Like, if you want to just be someone who designs a beautiful thing and puts it in manufacturing, like, Frog probably isn't the place for you. Mm, that's, that's a good insight for sure. Because they do it. Like, they make beautiful things, right. but a lot of the times, industrial design is a, a piece of a larger pie, right. and industrial design is not the focus of the project. Yeah. It's a piece of the project. So you have to be able to also be someone who can do design research and strategy and right. all these other things to help out. It's basically about... I think of it as everyone in the project knows when their superpower comes up, and then they're like, all right, it's time for me to level up. And then, when you, and then you, you're always... Giving and pulling power, like not power, more but more of an expertise in projects with I other see, people. I see. Huh. Whereas if you're working just in industrial designers, it's like we're the designers, we're the engineers, we're all the ones. It's a it's like the us show. Where at Frog it was like it's the everyone show, and you have I to see. like really be a team player
0: on things. So so you experienced this at Frog, and then you transition. You went to mm-hmm. are you leading?
2: Yeah. yeah. And we actually we actually got a question um, from a listener asking about that transition because they were wondering, um, you know, our lead in is a smaller studio. You know, you were at these these bigger firms. You were the, at the big... The names. pinnacle. You yeah. were
0: at the, the place that people dream of. The place that James and I want to go. <laughs> go one day.
1: You can still go. They're down the street. They're over a river. Oh, we, no. We wouldn't work there. We, Listen, we, we visited. We just want to work there. I there? don't know. My
2: fake nose and mustache haven't worked yet to get in. But right. That was you. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Germany. I'm actually getting into the frog design. Um, but, uh, so yeah, what, what was that like a,
0: going from this larger frog studio yeah. to something smaller? Like, how are leading?
1: Um, it was great. I really enjoyed my time at frog too. Like they really pushed my skills and made me a much more well-rounded designer. Um, but I really wanted to get back to a place that I could put products in the market. That was okay. a big thing. Uh, it was also nice. It feels like our Leading is kind of in between smart and frog for this vibe of the studio, which was nice. It's a much more focus on industrial design. Right now we have seven industrial designers in New York, and I think we have 32 people in the office, and then we have four in SF, and we're hiring people right now, so industrial design is a third of the company. And but I am kind of, gonna get 200, uh, 200 uh, applications now that you said that was I don't <laughs> you know who's hiring. <laughs> yeah. I just went through all the intern applications. So our new interns start on on Tuesday. So there's no more summer applications. Oh, sorry. No no more. Yeah, Yeah. Sorry, guys. But we're looking for fall. So open that up. Yeah. I've actually started. We started looking at interviewing. Check out last podcast for that key insight on internships. Yeah. Got to get all the podcasts under your belt. Mm -hmm. But basically, um, no, it's been really good. I think it's a place that um is super unique and I'm learning that a lot more now because they really combined lifestyle and beauty products and tech innovation products so it's things that really go out and solve a crazy problem and some that are just fucking beautiful it's like both and it's really nice and also the two founders um Renat has a very strong background in marketing branding and kind of lifestyle beauty and she's really great to work with. And then Johan is the one who came from Fuse Project. And he's much more of like old school ID, but still really fun to work with and a great guy to be around and a good energy. I mean, James is freelance there. So he knows. Yeah. It, was, it was
2: great. I mean, I was there for a month and it was just like, I don't know, I, I produced a lot in a short amount of time. And yeah, it was like, especially working with Johan was like a really, I don't know, There's there's just like... I don't know how quite to describe it, but it was it was nice because it was one of the situations where he would just say, uh, change this, you know, it, it was that
0: He it, had that insight. He, and he had... Like, just picked out that little... Yeah. Okay. Just,
2: just do, just do, just do that little thing. And then it was like, okay, and now it's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he just has that, has that kind of eye.
1: It's great. But I think the part that's really cool is, <clears throat> I don't know any other firms that are mixing those two worlds together. And it's really it's been super eye-opening to me, where I've mostly worked on in-store experience, packaging, um, and still like tech innovation things, but things that are different than what I'm used to working on. And the other half of the company isn't really another half of the company; everyone works together. Where when we're doing something. I'm working with another industrial designer and a strategist and the graphic designer, and we're all really feeding off each other. So the ID influences the brand language, which influences mm. the logo, which influences the website, which that's, influences that's the trade good. show. That is, that is And good. it all mushes together really seamlessly. So mm-hmm. when we launch something for a new client, it's like, this is how the world should be. Um, everything that's this, like awesome. has been thought through, yeah, that's great. which is really, really refreshing. And I've never got to work on that before. Cause it's always been like, we're doing this piece. And do your best to make it fit. Right. You're doing this
0: one lever on this one product. Right. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I remember
2: one thing that I really liked there, because I had never worked at an industrial design firm before. I had only worked for like companies and okay. startups. And one thing that I really liked a lot was at one point it was like, Send your sketches to the graphic design team, and they're gonna to put together the presentation. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. beautiful! And I wish them. I could do that. just <laughs> <the Shreddick> Website <laughs> and portfolio. Yeah, wow. I I mean it just makes so much sense. But I feel like that is one of the things in a smaller smaller company, smaller team. I feel like alignment is so much easier uh, around those kind of things. Where I mean, you know, working at a big company where everything is siloed and all of those. All of those teams are actually kind of battling one another yeah. in a yeah. way, mm-hmm. rather than cooperating, right. because they're all very defensive. Mm-hmm. They're it's like it, you know it's all like defensive maneuvers. Of they like, they
0: have their work they have to do, and then you're coming in right. It's very yeah, yeah, segregated in a way. But that sure. some some companies are not all, but
2: yeah, mm-hmm. right. But that's I don't know. That's that's like an awesome feature that's, to have. Yeah, that sounds great, Reed.
0: I, yeah. I'm excited to see what it's you fun. do there. You've like, only been there for a few months,
1: correct? Six months now. Okay, six months. Yeah. I think one last thing I'll say is something that's really cool is that um, they're also really getting into straight up art direction. Like when they're doing campaigns, our lead will go out and do recruit the models, do all the photography and then like do the swipe work and all the beautiful things that then get brought into the graphic design that goes on the product they made that goes into the website that works mm. with the logo so it's it's not like you go to shutterstock and get a whole bunch of bullshit. Right. like no there's someone or a few creative directors from our office like um i work with this one woman named helen who is a really high up person at glossier and she sits next to me and she's awesome and just seeing the stuff that they do is so different but yet so similar. I'm like, how have I gone my whole career and never been exposed to this side of design? Mm. I feel like I'm finally getting into the actual New York City world of design wow. because okay. industrial design is like a small niche part of industrial New York City. It's not like San Francisco where it like owns the city kind of with tech. right? It's New York, it's like, if you go to New York Design Week, it's mostly fashion, like art, like crazy conceptual things, and ID is like a part of it. Right. But now working at r and all of a sudden everyone's going to these really crazy events and things I never would have known about, and I'm like, oh, this is a whole world, like I've never even been exposed to before, which is kind of fun.
0: Huh. It's one more question, Reid, before we end this podcast. I want to know
1: what the future is.
0: What is, what's your plan for the future?
1: Of my future of design? Yeah, I mean, I know
0: you're already leading right now, and you know, yeah. I'm sure you'll experience many things there. But what about you personally as a as a designer Instagrammer uh, mm-hmm. in your career? I, I don't know. I, just want um, to
1: I think Instagram, my Instagram is going to get a lot more eclectic over time, okay. where I don't have as much time to devote to it as I used to. And the things I do now, I try and spend more time on one post. Before I'd be obsessed with getting, I'd sit down and finish the post in one sitting and go. Okay. But now I'll sit down and do things where it's like, like I just post this whole crazy Viking sketch for my Halloween costume i right. working on. I've and that thing, that. I was working on and off for three months basically. And I think probably took like 10, 12 hours to draw. Oh wow. Okay. And I spent a lot, I knew it was gonna do terrible. Like it, it's just yeah. not something that was gonna do my page, but I was like, you know what? I was talking to James about this a lot. I don't give a shit. I was like, it's, it's your, fun. It's your Instagram. It's it you what want. I want to do. Exactly. So, I mean, I feel like my page is going to be a lot less of the things you expect to see and more of just like, I'm just doing fun shit that I want to do. That's the core. That's yeah. what
0: you strive for, I think.
1: Like, the watering can thing was just like, MakerBot's like, here, you guys have two printers, go do something cool. Yeah. And I had just done planners and James is like, yo, you want to do watering cans? I was like, sure. And it was really fun. Like, just completely doing it because... Literally for the hell of it. And those is a lot of fun. Yeah. So stuff like that. But like career-wise, um, I think I'll probably go get my master's sometime soon. Oh, wow. Okay. Only because you need it to get a tenure track teaching gig. And Great. I want to end my career as a teacher. And okay. it's kind of annoying that you have to have the piece of paper. Parsons, I give you so much credit for giving designers Teaching gigs without masters, because so even my alma mater said they wouldn't take me because for a one semester thing to help them out because they didn't have a masters. Wow. Okay. And I offered to do it for free too, by the way. And it's just like one, well, it's just an old university thing, and design doesn't fit that way. But Parsons is like, you're good at what you do, you want to come work, and I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. And like James says that at FIT. Or, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I did a CAD class there. And yeah. the
1: schools that want to do that are going to get much more interesting people to work there. Right. Right. So we'll see. The teaching and then this property, if I ever buy it and actually right. build this house. going to move up into the woods of New York. Yeah. Can't wait to build a up. cabin. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But it's going to take a little while. I'm hoping to buy the property by the end of the summer. Okay. And then it'll probably be like two years before I actually build it. Okay. Um, but I've already got my architect, my, one of my best friends from college, around to do it together and then hopefully build this thing and then. I can just start doing architecture, and then he can be the architect to sign off and everything. That's the general plan. <laughs> I don't know. Right now, um, I'm at r for a while. That's my plan right now. Right. Sweet.
2: Well, I mean, it's going to be exciting continuing to watch the journey as we all have been. Yes, certainly. Yeah. yeah. If you're not following Legal and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know where you came well, from. This is my, but... my mom.
0: Mom, go follow Reed. Read. <laughs> ReachLegle. <Reed-Ledal. Okay. laughs>
2: Yeah, um, he, he's the king.
0: But uh, yeah, thank, thanks, thanks, Reed, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was a it was a hard journey getting down there <laughs> It's well, it's also 95 degrees in my apartment. It is so. so hot. Uh, we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Yeah, this was fun. Do you guys have? I mean, I don't know if you have anything you want to shout out, like any oh, Instagram yeah. oh, or yeah. you out got on YouTube thing.
1: Yeah, my, my YouTube, people always get on my case, like, where are your videos? And I'm just like, dude, this takes so long to make, I'm not going to do any YouTube videos. I'm <laughs> the YouTube videos I have are people that have paid me to make content for their pages and right. they get put on mine. So like Alvin drafting, I have a great relationship with them. I'm actually got a really cool, exciting project coming out with them, Okay. Um, which is going to be probably my proudest project when, if it actually comes out at Ooh. some point, but um, okay. that's going to be a while from now. Uh, but basically they are the ones who are like hey would you come out and do some tutorials and I think that's the kind of thing that really helped me was when people ask you to teach is when you have to sit down and actually think why you do shit and that's when you get better at design can right? yeah. actually talk about it because before that, I was like, oh, I know how to sketch, but I never thought about how do I talk about sketching. And just sitting and making a lesson plan <laughs> makes you really analyze yourself. That's interesting. And sure. gets you so much more rigorous yeah. and structured in how you work, yeah. which saves you time. And my biggest thing is efficiency. I love being an efficient designer because I'm very big into work-life balance okay. because I have so much in my personal life going on. I basically don't know how to stop designing. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm like a shark where if I stop moving, I'll die. (laughs) I don't understand that. I feel that. But that's why I'm like, when I'm at work, I want to work because I want to go home and do my personal work, which doesn't feel like work. It's just fun stuff I want to do. Of course. But yeah, that's it.
0: All right. Well, stay tuned. Um, Obviously, you can follow Reed at reed.schlegel. We'll link to it on minordetailspodcast.com.
2: And now that we have the oral history of Reed, I think it would be awesome to have you back sometime to talk about the nitty gritty. Yeah, we
0: should we should get you on some some details, some Let's minor try. details.
2: Yeah, but uh, I think that's all for us for this week. Yeah, I'm I'm at Nick P Baker. I'm at I draw and receipts.
1: And thank you guys for having me. This was this was great. This that's is right.
2: awesome. All right. Well, uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll see all you right. next week.
0: Peace out. Bye.